Podcasting straight from North Carolina is Dr. Jennifer Eichner-Lowry sharing her author journey with you. Jen Lowry writes is a place where amazing things happen for authors and readers together. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate podcast host. Jen is just the bird singing the song. She is a published author, educator, homeschool mama, life coach, and dreamer. Join her on the daily journey of discovering what this writing life is all about. Let's see what she will be led by the Holy Spirit to talk about today. Here's Jen. Welcome to my official author podcast. My name is Dr. Jennifer Lowry, and today we're having a special Q&A. So these are questions that have been accumulating through different media sites. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and of course through my Gmail, jenlowrywrites at gmail.com. So if you just type in Jen Lowry Writes, find me everywhere and start connecting with me. If you've got questions, I'll email you back and so, or I'll message you back. But there, these are questions that I've went through that I felt like maybe there are other people out there. Um, just because I've messaged them privately, you may want to have this same discussion or you might have this um, as a question or maybe you could talk with someone else about it and it could help them. So the first question, of course, you know I have seven. It's my favorite number. My first question comes from AJ, and they asked, what more could I do with my YouTube? So she built a YouTube, but it's just pretty much sitting there, and she hasn't went the next step. So I'm going to tell you some things that I uh, that you can write down right now and then go off and tackle today because if you have not built your YouTube platform, now's the time that you should. Okay, so first... Begin by researching other authors out there and see how they're using their YouTube. So like for me, I know I need to go one step further with the podcast. I know that I need to record these episodes and then take the audio, you know, like using a Skype platform, take the audio, hold them, and then, um, sorry, I'm getting messages even right now as I'm going through this, um, I know I need to do more with the podcast, so I'm not saying my YouTube is 100%. All I know is that I tell you there are authors out there who are strategically using YouTube as a way to gain followers and just to share their story. So research other authors there. I have the Everyday Mom Challenge YouTube. So back in 2014, I started E equals MC to the third power, and I only have... Uh, I just pulled it up, uh, 116 subscribers, so it's not like, wow, Jennifer, you're, you're really rocking it on YouTube. No, not really. <laughs> but I made the mistake by going and opening up a secondary channel. You don't need to do two channels. You need to have your one base. I'm going to stick with my Everyday Mom Challenge Ministries, even for the Jen Lowry Rides. So I'm going to explain why. Because once I created that AdSense account, for the Everyday Mom Challenge, you can't then have an AdSense account for the Jen Lowry Writes channel. You can only get one through Google. Well, hopefully, I'm going to get thousands of subscribers because what you need is a thousand subscribers, and then you can start having these monetized videos. So set yourself up every time that you would like your videos to be monetized because maybe one night you're sleeping and you don't know it and you wake up the next day and, oh my gosh, you have a 1,000 subscribers. Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> and then there you go. Your videos are monetized and you go on forward from there. 
but research what other authors are doing out there. Make a video that pops right in and starts talking. Now, that's something that I don't have on my channel that I have put on my to-do list. Um, I see that authors have that. It's a, you know, welcome to my channel. Here's what this channel is all about. Um, I'm definitely going to do that. I built a welcome for my Patreon. So, what you can do for YouTube as well is you can make private videos. So, let's say you're trying to build your Patreon platform at the same time. Go ahead and while you're making videos, while you're making your welcome to YouTube video, make your welcome to Patreon video and upload it as a private link, a private setting, and then pull it over into your Patreon account. And so that way you can make videos with your channel, make them private, and then just link them over to Patreon. That's another way that you can use your YouTube channel. So I think that could be helpful to you guys. Something else, you can build a playlist for your novels. So right now in my launch team, I have a private playlist. It's private right now because Sweet Potato Jones is coming out September 10th. But as soon as it comes out, then I'm going to release a soundtrack for Sweet Potato Jones. And that's going to be going out with my blog. And it's going to say, or all of my sites, if you want to know some of the music, uh, the inspiration behind some of the writing that I did, um, you're going to be able to find um, a track. You're going to be able to find a soundtrack right there, and you can give that as a free gift. So you can make all kinds of playlists for your novels that you can make public, and that would be wonderful because I know a lot of people love music, and they could be drawn to your site to see that creative process and how you use music too, or just what you're listening to. Maybe you could make your own playlist that's your favorite's. I have that on my everyday mom challenge. I have like a song of the day. So when I hit a, get to a song that really inspires me, I throw it on there. You can also build playlists of other videos you're watching. And so this, it, this is what I like to do. You can make them private as well. So it's really important for us that when we're researching and we find something that's just like a golden piece of knowledge we're going to forget it possibly down the road if we don't write it down or we don't keep track of it in our notes so keeping a playlist of your favorite videos you can do them as a public so that way other authors can see what you're drawn to and then maybe that can help them or you can make private playlists and um, you can categorize your playlist and that can be easy reference for you as you're researching so you can also consider when you're making your videos, make little short burst videos, and then you can share them on your sites. You can then cross over and put them on Facebook. You can put them over. Like when I was doing Facebook Live, I wasn't able to do anything else with them but keep them there. But when you have YouTube, you've got them forever. You can move them all around. And so what can you use to help decorate your channel? Um, I gave this to AJ as, as an immediate get on Canva make your Google headers, make your thumbnails for your videos. And if you if you want to be uniform, that would be the easiest for you. So what I mean by that is, you know, like for example, for Sweet Potato Jones, the color purple is a theme throughout it. So if you look at my Instagram right now, everything is purple. 
any time in the future that I'm going to make an author video while I'm in this stage of discussing Sweet Potato Jones, there needs to be something purple on there. And so I'm going to do like purple sides. This is a plan for myself. We're constantly evolving and building. Um, if I'm doing the podcast, it needs to be purple. So that way when people go to my site, if they see the Everyday Mom Challenge Ministries, it'll, it, I can start delineating between, okay, these are homeschool videos. These are my ministry videos. These are my author videos because I haven't done as much with the author work as I should. So, yes, that goes on the to-do list. I can build that stuff up, though, this summer. And like my friend Ann told me, you know, she reminded me, we don't have to do all of this at one time. But if you don't have a YouTube that is for your author work, build it today. Just go ahead and build one. I challenge you because you never know when you may say, oh, I can see relevance for making this YouTube. I've already done all the work. I've already done the initial stuff. <laughs> so now all I have to do is upload a video from my phone. And you can do a capture app, a YouTube app on your cell phone, and you can use that to record your videos. You do not need fancy equipment. Now, I do want a stand for my phone. That's really going to help me. I watched a video of some equipment needs that we would use to help make our videos more professional. And of course it was, we need a stand, we need a phone stand. They're very cheap. I need to just go ahead and get one of those. Um, but you can just use your computers. I like to sit up at my table and have my picture of the tree in the background and just talk. I think that's what's been holding me back with the podcast is that I don't really have a studio type equipment and I, and I got to get beyond that. Go to your office space. Find a, a comfortable spot. Get yourself a backdrop. I made a backdrop with blank at one time and did video. <laughs> um, my friend is now using, um, she went to Joanna's Fabrics, and she found her beautiful fabric piece. And uh, she's using that as her backdrop. That's very neutral colors, beautiful tones on it. And it's just, it just speaks to what she's doing. It, it goes with her platform. So, you know, next time you're at a fabric store, if you want to do her idea, you don't have to go fancy. You don't have to have a big green screen and change everything up and do all kinds of editing. I mean, you can. You can get that way, but people want to hear your story, bottom line. They want to see you. So get on YouTube. And now I'm challenging myself back. Jennifer, you need to be on YouTube more. All right, second question. So this is from Ariane. And they uh, messaged me on Twitter, and they wanted just to check in and ask, was Grammarly really worth it? So how's the user experience? And I'm telling you right now, from what I can tell you about any program, Grammarly has been worth it for me. It's been worth it not only for my uh, students at school. I, I tell them, get the free version of Grammarly. My son uses Grammarly for his college papers. So it can be from all different types of writing and stages of development. But I'm telling you what is helpful to me. Grammarly has helped me actually teach me some of the skills that I should have picked up and just did not. So, for example, like comma use and um, repetitive words. Like you can use Grammarly for different types of writing. And this is why I think it is most helpful. You can change the settings. It can be a business letter. So like when I was writing my publicist letter, I was using Grammarly um, and I typed it in. I changed the setting to business letter. When I was 
uh, checking for content expert for dissertation, there's actually a tab that you you scroll down and you you choose between a different menu button and you hit dissertation. This different type of writing for different type of um, audience, and so you've got that. Now they have creative, they have novel, they have short story, and so I will say that it has been very useful for me and worth me paying for it. Now, if you want to start out with the free version, do like I did. I did it. I started out free. But then over time, when money for the business was coming in, I turned that money right back around and purchased Grammarly. So I will say, yes, it is really worth it. When I'm typing, I don't catch everything. And I am so thankful for my editor. But when I was self-publishing, I didn't have an editor and I didn't have Grammarly. And when I look back at that work, I guess the good thing about self-publishing on Amazon is that you're able to pull down your work at any time, change your edition number, and then upload it again. So if you've put your things out there and you didn't use Grammarly, pull them back down, suspend that book for just a day, run it through Grammarly when you have a day to work that, and use those editing tools that are there and then upload it back into Kindle. Now, that's what I need to do for my teacher book. And someone asked me, like, why am I not, this is another question, but they were like, why am I not promoting, like, all of my self-published books? Well, they're not the best, I'm going to be honest, as I could have done. I needed Grammarly. So I went back in, and I, I worked Happy Renewal Year with Grammarly. 30-Day Mom Challenge has Grammarly. But my teacher edition did not. So I'm and I've grown over the year. Every year as a teacher, I reflect, I improve, I challenge myself with the new lessons. And so I really want to work on that teacher challenge book. And I need to go back in and revamp my homeschool book because now that I know a lot more about the homeschool experience, and I want to address it especially for North Carolina because I want people in North Carolina to know, you know, I'm here. I can help support you. I can tour North Carolina and your homeschool groups, and I can work with you with curriculum building. So I think that I want to revamp that one a little bit. And that's what I love about Grammarly is that I can pull it down, use Grammarly, upload it back, and it can be for, you know, for everything I'm doing. When I have my launch team group, I'm not running it through Grammarly. I'm on Facebook and I'm messaging. But now that I'm opening it up for a student group on Google, Grammarly does have a beta for Google, for the Google products. But they're in beta right now. So um, at least I have that opportunity to, to use Grammarly. So yes, is it worth it 100%? Should Grammarly contact me for sponsorship? Oh, yeah. I can make me a video. <laughs> I can do one. Um so I would encourage you to at least start with the free version today. If you do not have Grammarly, please go get it today. Do the free version. And then over time, if you have some pockets of money coming in and you don't know what to do with it, buy Grammarly. All right, number three. So KO, oh, knockout, asked, do you outline your entire books and what's the writing process for you when you're writing? Okay, so it's so different for me from my nonfiction to my fiction books. So for my nonfiction, because I do the challenges, and they have 30 challenges in them, I actually take a journal, and I have it beside me, and I go, like, all the way 1 through 30. I just make a, a list, and I will write words, 
or like the challenge focus. I don't put the Bible verses or anything. Um, so I am outlining the challenges. I brainstorm the list. I contact my family. I sit down with my kids. I ha- they help me put the pieces together for the challenges. And then once I get them all down, I don't necessarily use them in that order because they might not flow in that order. I might want to talk about challenge number 29 at challenge number 3. But I do outline my challenge books. Then I just rearrange them as I go, as I feel the Holy Spirit says, no, let this reader experience it in this way. But I do brainstorm my nonfiction books. I guess it's more of a a way that I, f- I feel more comfortable getting it all out there. So that way I cover the most uh, prominent challenges. And so that means that it's always kind of like up in the air too because once I've, I've started writing this, I may experience something within the, the two weeks that I'm writing the challenge books. And I might say, oh, this one's even better. i got to take this one out now. <laughs> and then I'll go through and see which one I can delete Say, oh, well, if maybe I don't want to do the cookie exchange, maybe I want to do this one instead, and then I'll put that challenge in, for example. I'm just giving you one. So th- my process with the nonfiction is completely different for fiction because when I'm writing a book that is um, in fiction, I'm just writing. I just start, and I start to finish. Now, I know that I'm working with an author right now, a young author who's who's getting stuck with between books and he, and he keeps going back and forth and, and I'm trying to encourage him and coach him and I'm watching how his process is. I'm comparing it to mine. When I look at other research about authors and I see that they're architects or they're gardeners, you know, there's pantsers. Everybody's got all these different names. When you start researching all this stuff, it's the cutest little stuff you can think of. But I would like to say that I'm a gardener. And I would also say that the Holy Spirit is the one that's planting the seeds with this stuff. Because sometimes when I'm writing, I don't even recognize how this is connecting until later. And I'm going, oh, wow, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That did grow. That is a seed. And then I see other lines of the plot that are left open. So they're kind of like yarn that I'm kind of throwing out there that's like for another book. And I'm seeing it later. I might not even be seeing it now. Maybe it's something that's going to be closed up in this book. Or maybe it's a thread that's going to be then tied up into the next book. So with my fiction, my process is just to write. Just to let the Lord take me where this story is supposed to go. And it's from beginning to end. So number four. GS asked me, what did I find most useful as a writing tool? And so, well, I guess I'm old school when it comes to that. I mean, I started in eighth grade with a typewriter, one of those brother typewriters that had this little tiny computer screen. It was like not even a computer screen. It was like a little digital screen, and I could see the words and hit return at the end. (laughs) So that way I wouldn't use as much correction tape. But right now I'm using Word. So I'll type everything in Word. Because I love the Grammarly function so much. The word is attached with Grammarly. I use it as an app. Um, you need to understand, like with Grammarly, 
So a student got the free version of Grammarly, but she didn't add it on. You're adding that on into your Word. And so every time you pull up Word, you have to open Grammarly. Every time. It's not going to open automatically. Um, so with Word, I pull it up. I open my Grammarly at the beginning because what I found is that going back through um, waiting for 300 pages and then hitting Grammarly, it does slow it up a little bit, and it's hard to do the click functions. Um, so I like to start with Grammarly. And so with Word, here I am typing away. I also use Google Docs for my betas. So then what I'll do is I'll take what I'm working on, I'll put it into Google Docs, and then I will share it out to a grouping. So that way they can make comments on the side and everybody can see what the other beta readers are talking about. That way they can go through and say, oh, yeah, this, I agree. Oh, but this is a place. Has anybody else seen this? And so the, the betas can be in all in one place. Now, I find that to be most helpful, even to betas. I, I went back and forth on, is this a good idea? Do I want them to see the comments? Will it sway somebody else? And then they'll, no, I, I like it. I like the open feedback format of a Google Doc for a beta. And I'll tell you one to research because so many writers are recommending it, and it's Scrivener. I've never used it, so I'm not going to be able to give you an endorsement on it, but you won't believe the people that say that this thing is like, the best thing ever. So you might need to, if you want a tool like that, go check that out. And there's so many other writing tools. You can type in like the top five writing tools that authors are currently using because each year these get better, these get updates. Um, and writers are always reviewing products. So the research is there. So yeah, this might not be a fancy answer for you with the Word and Google Docs with betas, but I also like to use the Google Doc, the Google platform for my calendar, for my writing. I have a calendar. I have spreadsheets. I use uh, folders to help me organize my work. I'll upload things from Canva onto my Google Docs. So I do use Google Docs for pretty much as my uh, writing powerhouse for myself. All right, so MP has been messaging and talking about just all of the responsibilities that, that we have. And they asked me, like, how do I really keep myself together and write and do all of this work now while I'm working full-time? So I will tell you, it is a challenge. And maybe, you know, thinking about... Oh, I got to... Hold on, sorry. Um... Thinking about the everyday mom challenge, maybe that was more for me than any other mom out there. So maybe that was a ministry that God gave to me to let me know, yes, Jennifer, you can't do this with one challenge at a time, one day at a, at a time, and I'm going to show up in your everyday and help you through this. Um, I will tell you, it takes organization, and it takes stealing the moments that you do have and optimizing them because you guys know i'm getting up you know 5 30 and i'm pushing it i'm making the podcast on the way to work i'm working a, a very demanding literacy job 
during the day that I love. When I come home, I have to decompress. I need naps. The days that I don't get naps, oh my goodness, I do look like I've been like, like punched in the eyeballs. Like really, it. I physically wear my tiredness to where people will stop me in the hallway and say, "Jennifer, are you okay?" It was just because maybe I'd, I had too much going on the day before and I maybe didn't take care of my rest time. Um, and my husband says that never happens to him at work. Like nobody ever comes up to him and says, "Are you okay? Are you?" You look so tired. Well, it happens to me a lot. <laughs> um, which is kind of sad, maybe. But then, you know, I'm cooking. I'm doing the homeschool. And then after the homeschool, I'm trying to fit in something like a freelance work. Or, you know, I'm researching something. Or I'm building. Or I'm sending out an email. or I'm So I'm having to play catch up in the evenings. So I don't watch a lot of TV. So that's something that I have cut out. Um, I will have movie night um, once in a while, especially like on the weekend. I'll try to get in a scary movie. You guys know that's all I want to watch. Um, I do love Kindred Spirits, so my husband records that for me. So, like, it comes on Thursday nights, but I'm not able to always be at a Thursday night to watch Kindred Spirits. But we can play catch-up. Um, and so I do try to... You know how a lot of people I'll see that Netflix gets in their way? I do love Netflix. I have an account. My kids love it. We use them for documentaries for homeschool. Um, there's great scary movies on there and uh, serial killer documentaries. Don't get me wrong. I, I have my time, but that's not my always time. That's like a special thing for me it's to be able to, you know, watch a movie or actually go to a movie. Hopefully, I might be able to convince my child to go to a movie with me today. He's not big into movies. My youngest isn't big about going to a movie theater. He likes just watching Netflix. Um, but today is my day off. So, I'm hoping that we'll be able to have some quality time. And um, we're going out and having some fun. And maybe we could catch a movie because my oldest has already asked for a movie day. Um so that's something that I try to work in. On Saturday nights, we're UFC watching. We are MMA watching every week that there is one on. And usually that means every week. So we have ESPN+. Plus. So on Saturday nights, no, I don't get a lot of writing done. Sunday mornings, I don't get writing done because I'm in church. Um, so I do have carved out times where they're protected. But then I have to find a time, when can I write? So I know spring break is coming up. So I have a week for a holiday. Because I have that, that's when I am going to put together a cookbook and donate it. When I have the summer coming up, I know that's when I'm going to write the majority of my middle grades this year, my new adult that I'm going to start. I have books that I know I'm going to do this summer. They're already on my to-do list. The idea is there. Um, over Christmas, I always put out a devotional. So that's where my author devotional is going to come out. So you see where my calendar is already, I already say, this is when my devotional will be. This is when I know I've got to do this. So think about times that you have and how can you work around them, even if it's 20 minutes a day. So let's say you spend 20 minutes a day on Facebook. Take your 20 minutes that you were spending on Facebook, pull up your word, and type. Type your 20 minutes a day. Get some words in. And I talked with another mom about this. Um, 
Patricia, and I was talking with her, and she was telling me that she's always wanted to write middle grades fiction, and she loves fantasy. And I'm like, well, go ahead and start. She was like, but I can't. I can't. I've got this. I have a toddler. I can't do all of this. And I'm like, go ahead and start. See how it makes you feel. Just promise me you'll start. And, of course, she did, and she felt so empowered. And she got her page down. She said that was enough for her right now was to see that she could start the page and that over time she's going to build it. But now the hump, you know, it's like she got herself over that hurdle. That's what I want to tell you. Whatever is standing in your way, you know, don't look at it as this is a barrier. I can't do this. This is just a part of our lives. We've got to learn how to navigate it and take time and rearrange it. <coughs> so I wake up at 5 a.m. in the summertime, and, and I've, I was doing that very consistently last summer, and I was the most productive ever. So I will tell you, Find productive times for you. I used to be a night owl. I'm not anymore. Um, I am truly a person that gets up early. I've been up since 6 o'clock this morning, and I didn't have to be because it's my day off. Um, but I spent that time researching, making thumbnails on Canva, doing things that I didn't get to do this week, and going back into the podcast and fixing some things. So I knew what I could do early in the morning before the kids even got up um, and before I started other goals. So, you know, you just have to prioritize your time, and you might have to give up some things because I'm telling you, me giving up that um, time, I don't feel bad about it. Me giving up Sunday afternoon football and sitting in front of the screen watching football all day Sunday, that I don't, I don't miss that. Because I'm doing MMA Saturday night. That's where my focus has shifted because that's where I can spend quality time with my family. And so on Sundays, I can write. So number six, (coughs) DR asked me about my betas. They're concerned about getting betas and do I have a contract? Because I talk about contract for freelance writing. They wanted to know, could I do an episode on creating a contract for betas? Well, that's completely up to you if you guys want to contract your betas and and set up a legal document. For me, I know my betas. I have a small beta reading group that I get by asking my friends and their kids on Facebook. So I use Facebook as a way to uh, gain my beta readers. So that means their family, their friends of uh, people I know, or their um my friend's children, like or my college-age students that, let's say I have a, a parent on there that I've been friends with. We went to high school together, and they're kids in college. And then, okay, there we go. There's my beta reader. Um, so, no, my, my answer to that is, no, I have never done a contract for betas. Um, I know that people do. I did research this question, and I have seen where somebody said that they even asked for like a legal signature and wanted copies of their driver's license. People are like, no, this is, uh, this turn me away. I don't want that. Um, So how far you want to take that, go right on ahead. If you feel more comfortable to say, you know, please, as you're beta reading, understand Um, Do not share this with anyone that I've not authorized you to share this with. 
uh, this is a work in progress, this is not, you know, da-da-da-da-da, you can do that, but I mean, for me, my betas were my teacher friends and their families and things like that, so I don't do it. Um, could I help you? Could I help you draft a contract? Of course. And so, if you want me to help you do that, um, you can go to Monarch Educational Services. I do have author services on there um, that we could contract together, and I can help you build some uh, materials. Um, so you can hire me for that. That's a part of my freelance author services that I do. So if you're looking for something, would it be a legal contract? No, but it could come from my business, which could uh, make it more formal. Um, so number seven. So GB uh, messaged me through Twitter and said, I've been listening to your podcast, and I see that you have a traditional publisher for sweet potato, so why do you talk so much about social media? Guys, I'm telling you, this is something I didn't know. For some reason, I had this naive view that once I went the traditional publishing route, everything would be taken care of as far as publicity. The answer is no. So... There are some things that my publishing company will be taking care of. They will be doing some promotions at the very beginning. They will be contacting all the bookstores and setting up all of the accounts and all of that with the marketing. That's more of all of the marketing things. Of course, they're going to do all of that. But as far as me building my fan base and getting and attracting readers and connecting with other writers who read, that's all on us. So social media is very important because when I am going to be out there traveling and circulating, I have to say, find me here. Well, if I'm not there, if I'm not on LinkedIn and that's where they are, then I've missed that avenue. If I'm not on Instagram and that's where they are, I've missed that connection. And so you think about your big wheel of social media and how it can constantly turn. And you just don't know, like spin the wheel and one person will tell you, well, I'm on Twitter. The next person will tell you, well, I live on Instagram. The next person will say, oh, I'm on Facebook. I don't have anything else. And then you'll have a, a person every now and then who'll say, I don't use social media at all. And I'm like, okay, great. Well, then it's nice to meet you. Here's my email on my business card, contact me through email if you ever have any questions or, you know, if if you would like to join my launch team, I could work through Google or, I mean, so there's your email that's set up. And so, if, so you never know where you're going to find your next fan, follower, champion, and you need to be on all of the platforms. Now, I say all of them because... I'm required to have a Snapchat, so I do have a Jen Lowry Rice, but I don't use it at all because I do not perf know the purpose of that. I can't get into that yet, and maybe I can figure it out later. That's something to research, maybe, um, but I'm not there yet. Not to say that I won't be over the summertime when I have time um, to do that, and maybe my young adult launch team can help me figure that out. I was just asked this week, was I on Discord? So that's something else. I'm like, oh, yes, I do have a Discord account because my son helped me set that up. But I'm not on Twitch, but I have a Discord. 
So that's another, you know, spin the wheel. Oh, are you on Discord? Uh, the answer is I have a Discord, but I don't know how to use the functions of it yet. But maybe somebody else will be coming along the way that will help me research that. So, yeah, I talk about social media a lot. And I'm so sorry if it, like, you guys say, Jennifer, you're too repetitive. But it's just, this is where I am in my author journey. And I know how vitally important it is to connect with readers. This is for my career. This is for longevity. And it's the work that you got to do. Like, you got to put in a lot of work there. The more that I connect with other writers on Twitter, the more that I post, the more that I comment, the more that I like and share and tweet and retweet, I'm finding that I'm getting more followers because they're seeing that I'm active in that platform. So with Instagram, when somebody follows me and they're a writer, then I'm following them back. If they're a creative artist, I'm following them back. Um, I'm building it up slowly. But with LinkedIn, I have a large base there because I'm a, you know, I'm a freelance writer. I have a business. Um, I get a lot of contacts through LinkedIn now that I never would have had before. So don't discredit LinkedIn as one of your social media go-tos. And build all of your headers, everything on Canva. Very easy to do. Do Instagram for business. Um, do Pinterest for business. Forgot to talk about Pinterest. Um, another author told me she has 18,000 followers on Pinterest. And she said it was so easy for me to get those. And I'm thinking, wow, girl. I'm glad it was easy for you to get 18,000 followers on Pinterest. <laughs> Good for you. I'm so proud of her. But she just kept posting and, and making pins. And then ne next thing you know, people are following her boards and I mean, so that's what I'm saying. You never know where you're going to get your highest traffic. So be there. Be present. That's the point of this whole thing. We need to be present in the lives of people, not just around us, but people across the sea. People that we would have never met otherwise. The thing that I love about the podcast is that I have people from France, from Switzerland, from, you know, all over listening to this podcast that I would never meet if I didn't have this platform. I have people that are on my YouTube from all over the place viewing my YouTube videos individually. And, it, and you get to see those statistics. You get to see where your viewers are coming in from. And so I say I can be a missionary in my own home by effectively using social media and these platforms. And I'll often see people say, I need to get off social media. I need to cleanse myself of social media. Well, how are you using it? Use it for good. Share Bible verses. Share motivational quotes. <coughs> I know this podcast is going long because I am losing my voice. Um, you know, share, share positive things, encouragement. Social media is wonderful when it is used in the right ways. And if so, so I keep I, I keep getting like messages on social media like, why aren't you 
contact me back, beautiful. Hey, baby, da-da-da-da-da. Do I contact these people back? No. I'm married. I'm not even going to engage with these people that are sending me these messages at all. I'm just ignoring them. They can sit right there. And, you know, of course I'll get a bad one every now and then. Well, if you're going to be mean like that, da 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 Well, now I'm not being mean. I'm married. This is, this is for my professional world. This is connect with other writers and readers. And I can already tell that you think this is a dating site. Look, I met my husband on a dating site. These are not dating sites for me. I'm married forever. Don't, don't message me, DM me like that and try to think I'm going to. So it's not going to turn me away because you won't believe how I have found friends through these social media sites that are like inspiring me every day. And you know, I loved it when Ann told me how she found the podcast. She said that she found the podcast when she was on Twitter and when I had tagged it writing community. And I do believe that God builds us connections through social media that we would have never been able to to find. I would have never been able to find Anne if it wasn't for this podcast and if it wasn't for Twitter. And I am not a guru at these things. I am not up on the game on how to do the best hashtags and what are the top 20 hashtags writers use. I'm just out there typing. I write YA, clean romance, every time I'll change it around some, writing community, authors of Instagram, and I'll just change all of my things up and Whatever strikes my fancy. I don't have this magic social media wand. I'm just out there working this stuff every single day. And yeah, maybe I do talk about it a lot, but there's a reason. And I'm encouraging you to get out there too. Get out there. Let your presence be known. Shake up social media in a positive light and share the message of Christ Everywhere you go, share with them the hope of Jesus everywhere you go. Shake it up. There's a lot of negative stuff out there in the world. Yes, there is. Let us be the one person they say, well, you know what? Every time I see stuff from her, you know, it's a positive thing. I might just follow her just because maybe I need something positive each day. And it might not ever be somebody that clicks on your Amazon and, and buys your book. But they might just need to see a hope, an encouragement, a positive picture, something funny. Who knows? Use social media. Use it wisely. But get yourself out there. So I hope that this Q&A has been helpful. Guys, let me know. This is our first Q&A. I know it's run long. Um, if you have any additional questions, you know, you can always email me or find me on these haha, social media platforms. Here we go. I'm putting the plug in again. But, I mean, it's true. You know where to find me, Jen Lowry writes. Um, but this is the way that we build our tribe. This is the way that we build our community. And then we give back to other authors and writers and we pour into them, no matter what stage of development they're in. So, I'm encouraging you to, you know, let me know. What did you think? Critique me. What do you think of the Q&A? Because next month, I'm going to plan on doing one at the end of April again. I already have it on my calendar to uh, prepare for it. This time, I'm going to be wiser. I'm going to, when people are emailing me, I pulled up one of uh, a Google Doc in my 
Jen Lowry writes Google uh, Drive. And then I pulled, and it took me, honestly, guys, it took me over an hour this morning to pull out questions. I'm not going to do that for the month of April. I'm gonna, when a question comes in, I'm going to just go ahead and copy it from wherever it is or just retype it really fast in the Google Doc, and I'm going to call them April Q&A. Um, that way, it's, I'm going to work smarter, not harder, like I had to do for this Q&A. I was going to make it last night, but um, my son had a big book review to do, and we uh, reread Thomas Paine, Common Sense, and so I was just exhausted. So here I go again, prioritizing and moving things around and still making it work. But it took me a little bit too long to build the Q&A this morning. So being reflective about it, I know that I'm going to do a better job at collecting questions as I go throughout the month. So you can go ahead and start sending me your questions now for our next episode in April. And I can go ahead and, and try to give you this projected date. I'm going to try to have it out on April the 30th, at least the 28th through the 30th, the last three days of the month. I'm going to look at trying to build that. Um, and as I'm sitting here, I've just got four uh, notifications on my Jen Lowry author page on Facebook. Um, that's the thing. When you're on social media, people can find you. And that's how we build our connections with people. So I just want to let you know, it can be slow at the beginning. And don't get in discouraged. Just keep at it. Work hard. Research. Connect with the Holy Spirit. Contact experts around you. And then have the courage to do it all. and Go for it. If you're looking for my challenge devotionals on Amazon, go right on over and type in Dr. Jennifer Eichner Lowry, and you'll see my 30-day everyday mom challenge, my 30-day teacher challenge, fingerprint curriculum for my homeschool families, and one that's closest to my heart is the Happy Renewal Year challenge devotional. I dare you to go and check them out today. You can also find that they're on Kindle Unlimited, because I want you guys to have access. I often put them up for free uh, promotional items. I'll do countdowns. Um, so that way, you can grab one. You can gift them with a friend. You can share them out on your sites. And people can go on this journey with us. In December of 2019, look out for the release of my author challenge devotional. I'm looking forward to that one and sharing it with you. So I challenge you today to go out there and write something inspiring and share it with the world. Thanks for joining me on Jen Lowry Writes. You guys have a blessed day.